Welcome back again to Sun Island. Um, we had an amazing uh, conversation with Tricia and uh, Imeka. This is going to be another two-part uh, series because they had so much valuable information to provide. Um, so this is the first. Uh, we'll have the second one um, coming shortly. Welcome to the Sun Island. Welcome to Sun Island Energy Bridge. Um, it's a pleasure for us today to have uh, two invaluable uh, guests uh, with us here. We have Imeka and Tracia. Guys, it's um, exciting to have you guys here today because we're going to be talking about a uh, topic of money. And that's pretty exciting to me. Yeah. Um, uh, so we're basically going to do a quick introduction uh, so you guys can talk a little bit about yourselves uh, individually and then we kind of just dig into it. So uh, we could start with Tracia. Okay. Hi. Thanks for having us. Um, again, my name is Tracia. I am the owner of Ozone Alkaline, but I am a financial professional um, with World Financial Group. This is more of a passion, um, financial education. Basically, I joined this organization in 2016, and I was a nursing student at the moment, and I never went back. <laughs> mm -hmm. I switched my major to business because I understand that financial education is really important because even at that point, I needed that information more. So I spend most of my time since 2016 educating families because it's more of a passion for me. Nice. And um, you're from the islands? Yes, I am from Guyana. Proud Guyanese. I came here back in 2010. Awesome. I always say immigrants get the job done, right? Okay. So back in 2010. Yes. Awesome. And uh, Emeka. Yes. Uh, name is Emeka Onuba. It's an absolute honor and a pleasure to be here with all of you. I was uh, born in Boston, Massachusetts, raised in Nigeria, so I'm Nigerian, okay. um, and uh, moved back here to the U.S. in 1998 to pursue uh, my electrical engineering degree and a minor in math. In my junior year, I stumbled onto this enterprise, okay, World Financial Group, World System Builders, the specific community that really is leading this campaign around financial literacy. I fell in love with what I heard. I came on board, started off part-time, and as time grew, my knowledge grew, experience grew, confidence grew. Uh, I became not just a financial consultant, but I also became an investment advisor uh, with the firm. So I'm a fully licensed advisor uh, with our firm, and I uh, transitioned full-time in 2014. And um, I'm married, I've got uh, three kids. My uh, boys are twin boys who are seven, my daughter is four, uh, going on 14, wow. okay, because uh, <laughs> she runs that household. But uh, I love what we do, you know. Um, I have a passion for helping people. I love that uh, this is an environment that encourages people to work with their strengths out forward. I used to think that to get ahead financially, you had to be... Uh, an athlete, you know, an entertainer, uh, which is why I pursued music at one point, right? Okay. I thought you had to be a blogger, a celebrity. But I love that in this environment, we're encouraged to be the best of who you are, 
work with your, your, your strengths and your talents out forward, but work with the discipline and consistency around the rules that govern money, and you can get ahead. You can be financially secure. You can be financially independent. So I love doing that, and I love sharing that with people. Absolutely. So let's um, <clears throat> talk a little bit about getting ahead, right? Um, before we were born, um, you know, money is essential. Mm-hmm. Um, when we were born, it's even become more powerful, <laughs> right? Yep. Yep. And uh, throughout our entire existence. Um, some of the lines that we're going to kind of traverse today because money legitimately touches all facets of life. Absolutely. We are looking for an education, uh, so to speak, from the before birth. And we may not get through all of this in this episode. Sure. Right? Sure. Right? Most I'm, likely, I'm, probably not. Right? <laughs> definitely would like to have you guys back, so I'm just putting that out there. Right? Okay. Um, all the way until, um, you know, a legacy. Um, you know, moving it forward to the, the, the next generation. Right? Because yes, yes. whilst we're here, if it's not to leave or earth, leave this earth and or DNA better than how we found it, right? Absolutely. That's my whole take on everything, right? So with that being said, um, say a a young couple just get together, right? And they're thinking to have a kid. What are some of the things they should be looking at to put in place? Yeah. Um, If I may, just take a step back from that. Uh, I think, especially knowing what I know now and knowing that those resources are there, that young couple or anyone for that matter should be taking advantage of our financial literacy campaign. That's, that's my first and foremost line of thinking. Why? Because when it comes to money, like we were discussing earlier, Sheldon, there's an overwhelming lack of financial literacy. And the tendency is to jump the gun and start thinking about products and solutions mm-hmm. as opposed to fully understanding the concepts, mm-hmm. the rules that govern money, knowing where we are, where we're looking to go, making sure that we've instilled the right habits, the right attitude, and the right mentality as it relates to money before we start to actually talk about products and solutions. Because what you will come to find over time is that there are no absolute Uh, products or absolute answers when it comes to money. It's very relative. Mm -hmm. People are at different places and at different places and different stages in life come different solutions. So the principles and the concepts may not change, but products can come and go. So rather than the emphasis being on, say, what product do I get? Very important nonetheless. But I think where I was going with this is taking a step back that our community. Our enterprise provides financial literacy. Okay, We provide workshops Monday to Friday, th- multiple times a day, five days a week, so that anyone with an internet connection and a, a, a device, a laptop, or can connect from anywhere in the world and learn cradle to grave, right? Any one of six workshops around all these rules and all these concepts that govern money. Also, we have the book that you have open yeah, in front yeah, of you, right? Definitely, definitely. Saving Your Future. Saving Your Future. We're so serious about this that we have this book in multiple Basic languages. Yes. Building a financial foundation. I would suggest that that couple start here. Ah. Start understanding this, right? And it doesn't matter. We don't want language to be an excuse for people to not get ahead. So that book is written in English. We have it in Spanish, in Vietnamese, in Mandarin. Mandarin. 
And as time goes on, you know, we expect the language to rep uh, the book to represent the over 65 languages, right, that are spoken through our community. Well over a hundred thousand members, over a hundred countries, over 65 languages spoken. We're hoping the book will be there. So that's where I would start with that couple. Tricia, you, you wanna add to um, that? Yes. So um let me piggyback from off of what Emek is saying. So in finance today, because there's so much information out there, right, it's hard to pinpoint which information is relevant to what you have, your lifestyle. So connecting to our community and even sitting down with one of us, right, we can pinpoint like, okay, so this is where you're at, this is the information that you need, and this is where we need to go. Okay. Absolutely. Out there, they have so much information. We can Google anything right now. So you can go even social media, all kind of stuff is blowing up on social media. And everybody's taking bits and pieces of stuff, not really understanding what they need to put in place. So even like, for example, an LLC, they have so many different concepts about LLC out there. People are like, oh, you just need to get an LLC but not knowing how to actually use an LLC. So with our platform, what we do, we make sure that we understand where you're at, make sure you understand where you're at and where you need to be. So with the classes and the education and, and, and our expertise, right, you can get to the places you can understand. We can put both you sit down together and say, okay, so where, where exactly you guys think that you need to be in the next five years, in the next 10 years? Um, versus you going out there and just picking up a book or or googling googling the information, you really don't know where to start. So mm. yes. Um, <clears throat> so I can see y'all's passion about the financial space. Yes. Um, it actually triggered a question for me. Um, is it a is anybody in it a fiduciary or is it just financial advising? Yeah, very good question. So we do have a fiduciary responsibility as it relates to serving our clients. Specifically, I mean, in terms of actual um, supervisory oversight. As an investment advisor, I do have a fiduciary responsibility holding a license. Same thing holds true for Tricia. Holding a license, right? She is actually has to act in that capacity of a fiduciary, putting the interest, the best interest of the clients ahead of our own. Okay. And that's why inherently built into our approach of financial education, you can see that rather than parting with a product, rather than selling you something, right? And just by educating, we believe an informed and educated consumer, right? is the kind of consumer you want because then they know they are a co-planner with you in the process to deduce what makes sense for them. You can't pull a fast one on them when they already know, right? When they have that knowledge and that information. So we love the challenge. We love, you know, when they ask questions. We love when they want to know what are my options because then they can take full responsibility for the decisions that they make, right? Along with us. I mean, we're there as as professionals, uh, to provide the guidance, the recommendation, the access, the resource. But ultimately, no one should be more interested 
in your financial future than you. Absolutely. So if you have that knowledge, then together we can deduce what makes sense and implement it. And you can have that ownership. So basically the process is to empower. Correct. Yes, it is. Yes. Okay. And I, I wanted to kind of segue slightly, but not too much. We're still talking about money. Um, but you, Emeka, you said you were you grew up in Nigeria. I did in Ghana. Yes. Uh, okay. Um, let's try to do some comparison back in the Caribbean um, and in the U.S. What's the mindset about behind money in the Caribbean versus here? What are some of the things that you've seen and um, there versus here as it relates to money, just broadly? Okay. So personally, money back in the Caribbean. I wasn't thinking about any of that stuff, you know, because my family took care of me. I came here just before I turned 21. And even back then, my mom was still the person that was doing everything with money. My dad would send money. My mom would take care of whatever whatever we need. But the thing is, back in the Caribbean, we never used to really focus on money that, well, that much. We focus on education. Education was the biggest thing. They tell you, go to school, get good grades. Mm -hmm. After you finish getting your good grades, you're going to get a great job. Mm -hmm. After that job, you're going to be able to retire, right? That is what <laughs> we learn. Coming from the Caribbean, you come here with that same mindset, right? But America is totally different. It's just different. Coming here is, was the same thing. Okay, which career you think that is going to benefit, benefit you at this point? And most of the time, it's nursing, right? For us, it's nursing. Mm -hmm. How do you go? You become a nurse or you become a doctor? Yeah, professional. In, yes, mm -hmm. yes. In my family, it's either you're a nurse, you're a doctor. We have some accountants, but most of the time, it's either you're a nurse, you're a doctor. And then you try to get to the, the, um, the best jobs, the jobs that are giving you retirement. I work at UTMB. Mm -hmm. And, you know, UTMB... You get paid retirement, but understanding, not understanding how long I need to work at UTMB in order to get that retirement. Back home is a little bit different. And life over there is a little bit easier. Over here, there is so many stuff coming to you about money, about lifestyle. There's all of these different, different information. Because even when I got here, um, thinking about moving out on my own and all of these different stuff, it wasn't something of relevance for me because back home, I live with my family. Mm -hmm. You want to make sure that you're close to your family 24-7. But after getting influenced by different people, they're like, oh, yeah, you're this age. You need to be out on your own. And I did that. <laughs> I did that. Mm -hmm. Did I survive? I tried my best. And that's the reason how I end up having to learn yeah. about money in America, you know? Um, that's why I understand that, hey, if I stay at UTMB, I have to stay here for a certain amount of time. Am I going to really have time to be with my kids? Am I really going to have time to do what I need to do? Or am I going to have to just sacrifice and just be here with this employer? Back home, you work for a, um, a government official. You got a certain amount of time of leave that you can go on vacation. You can stay home. You can do all of this stuff. My aunt, she'd be home for three months for no reason, <laughs> just because she's been working with a company for, so, for such a long time. Mm -hmm. Here, are they going to give me three months? Mm -hmm. No. Absolutely so not. I needed to understand that, hey, I am in a different place. 
and over here I need to adopt to certain stuff, but where am I going to get the information In from? Rome, do what the Romans do, right? Right, yeah. Where am I going to get the information from? And that's where we fall short. Because even coming from the Caribbean, not even thinking about all of that, and coming over here, you don't have the information. So when I was, um, when I moved out in 2014, and I end up getting sick and losing most of what I work for, that is when I really got to read the reality. Am I going to go back home? Or am I going to be the person with this, all of this, um, what should I say? Resource. <laughs> Create resource. And not run back to my family. Just figure, it out, figure this out on my own. You know, so many people are doing it and I don't want to go back home because then I'm going to be treated as a child. <clears throat> so I needed to get that information about money. And that's when I started seeking that information, but there was no information for me to find here. I couldn't go back to them because they don't know about it because they come from the same place that I came from, right? right? And the thing is, is that they don't teach financial education in school. Absolutely. They only have, what, five states that they have that actually focus on financial education, and which is of a really small percentage, especially here in America. So learning about money versus being in, um, in Guyana and coming here is different. You need to know about money here. You need to know about money to survive because I have kids. Back in the, back in the Caribbean, I could have planned some stuff, <laughs> reap that, take it to the market, sell it, yes. and I can put my kids through school. Mm -hmm. But over here, I need to understand the, the concepts. I need to understand how I can build a solid financial foundation for me in order to build generational wealth because my family, starting from me, they're going to be living here in America, and obviously I need to think about legacy building. I can't just think about only me. Absolutely. Yes. I, I wanted to give, an, you know, just another angle to it. I completely agree. There's a lot of similarities with what Tricia shared that happens in Guyana versus Nigeria. Now, just like her, I left when I was fairly young without really the concept of money. But since uh, leaving and going back frequently as an adult, I've come to see uh, some clear differences, right? Uh, on the one hand, here, why I think we have such a, at least a, a well-established middle class is because of a credit and finance system, mm -hmm. which because of the lack of knowledge has also created a debt system, right? Mm -hmm. Versus in Nigeria where it's more of a cash and carry, there's no debt system. But because of that, though, there's a very big gap between those who have and those who don't have. Mm -hmm. And that's why well over, I think the stat is like 120 million out of 200 million living in abject poverty. And then you have a very small percentage, a sliver, who make up the wealthy class. And then even a very small percentage that make up the proverbial middle mm -hmm. class. So that's one of the fundamental differences. I think between the two countries, a lack of savings culture is also there. Okay. So back in uh, Nigeria, people worry just about affordability, you know, hey, if you see somebody driving a nice car, they bought that car. They own it free and clear. They live in a nice house. They built that baby from the ground up or they bought it cash. Recently now, we're starting to see some of that Western idea of financing and debt and all that. But it's still overwhelmingly much more established here in the U.S. than it is back in Nigeria, right? Uh, even though it's, it's westernizing. So I think that the premise or the intention 
of having a credit and finance system here, I think is sound. I think what's missing, whether intentionally or deliberately, is the lack of understanding mm -hmm. and education about how to manage that debt so it doesn't consume you and it doesn't overwhelm you. And because we don't get that education, you know, people get overwhelmed. I appreciate mm -hmm. that I could come here as an 18-year-old kid and be able to have my apartment, have a car, have a, a credit card, and be able to afford a lifestyle at my level, okay? Mm -hmm. Even as an 18-year-old kid when I first got here, that was, that's unheard of. That's, that's one in a, uh, that's a needle in a haystack in Nigeria. 18, all the way to sometimes even 30, you're living with your parents because mm -hmm. you don't have the means to be out on your own, because you don't have the cash to be able to carry, if you will, right? Cash or same as cash mm -hmm. versus here where you can kind of finance your way through things. Again, premises sound. It's created a robust middle class, but it's a double-edged sword. Because of the lack of education, people are also left in, uh, in, in, in that situation where money ends up, debt ends up consuming them, mm -hmm. and they're never really able to get ahead. They're caught in that rat race or that vicious cycle. So you see where um, debt can become a problem. Absolutely. Um, so like a well-known figure, Dave Ramsey, mm -hmm. he's like, no debt. Yep. But you just said something about managing debt. Absolutely. You mentioned that. Um, I'd like to get both y'all perspective on um, what are the best way? Is it no debt or is it have some amount of debt, but make sure you're able to manage it? And how do you actually manage debt? So you want to start or you want me to? Okay. Debt inherently is not a bad thing. That's why you'll hear say manage your debt. Now, I am a firm believer in zero consumer debt, right? Um, but if you look at the wealthy very carefully and those who get ahead, they are very good at using other people's money yeah. in the form of debt to perpetuate their wealth, to grow and can exponentially grow their wealth, right? Mm -hmm. So, um, and even when it comes to, I mean, in this society, when I first got here, I was, I heard that you are no one until you owe someone, right? <laughs> and uh, it's measured. When we go out to make typical purchases to help us establish our lifestyle, they look at your credit. And there's such a thing as having no credit. I've heard that before. Mm -hmm. I've been turned away because I had no credit when I first got here, right? And then after a while of establishing a history, then you either have bad credit or you have good credit. So I think it really comes down to, first of all, understanding how, do, how debt impacts, you know, your overall ability to build wealth. If you're carrying a ton of consumer debt, that's dragging you down, mm -hmm. then new money you're earning today is still being used to service liabilities and mistakes that you made in the past. And you have to service that, and that stops you or slows you down from getting ahead. Mm -hmm. Versus if you're not carrying any consumer debt, and you're able to play the game that the wealthy play, which is any debt that you do take, which is at typically very low interest rates, you're able to find the right opportunities 
that can allow you to earn significant returns on your money. Well, then you're not using your money. You're using other people's money with calculated risk, right, to make money. You service that debt. You pocket your profits, right? And you keep doing that. You wash, rinse, and repeat. And it's very possible to do that. But you need to be prudent. You need to have a solid financial foundation already built and established so that when life does what life does, which is throw curveballs at you, right? Mm -hmm. You're still able to withstand the hurricanes of life and, and still be able to manage, you know, uh, that situation of using OPM, if you will, other people's, other people's money. money. Yeah. So Michael Lee Chin, um, I think he's probably one of the most wealthy Jamaican ever. Um, that's one of his big um, premise, uh, other people's money. Mm -hmm. um, so having the ability to to manage debt, right? It, 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 see, it sounds complicated, right? As a small business owner, myself, I understand that what that means mm -hmm. because I will see the opportunity before I go seek the debt to actually conquer whatever I need to get a desired result. No, you said curveballs do exist. Absolutely. And oftentimes we do get those curveballs yeah. that we have to kind of figure out. Humanity in general had a huge curveball Absolutely. Uh, recently mm -hmm. yes. called the COVID-19. COVID. <laughs> um, who were some of the winners when something like that happened? And who were some of the losers? Um, and why the winners were the winners and why the losers were the losers. Oh. Sorry to say that crude, but oh, yeah. in life, no, you're, like, you're, you know, winners or losers. You're but, absolutely right. Yeah. Um, I'll give my thoughts and then I'd, I'd love mm -hmm. to hear what Tricia has to say about this. I think there's two general classes of people. I think those who had built a solid financial foundation like we, we, we share, they were the winners. They were ready for opportunity, okay? What do I mean by a solid financial foundation? We believe, first of all, in adequate protection, okay? Followed by debt management, okay? Where you take your debt down to zero, at least as managed, up to way, all the way to your emergency fund, okay? Having adequate emergency fund for when emergencies happen, because it's not a question of if, it's a question of when. Mm -hmm. And then those who have investments, both short-term, mid-term, long-term investments with discretionary money that they could easily access to take advantage of opportunities. I think those people who had built a solid financial foundation, when this came along, they were able to identify opportunities like with let's say with the market really crashing that was a great time to go in evaluate value uh, uh stocks for example and buy them at a premium buy them on sale if you will so that you take advantage of the bull run when you know we we made a recovery so that's one school right the other is also those who are business minded those who are always looking for where where is the gap where is the need? Where is the demand? I know people who went into, who knew nothing initially about uh, lab testing, for example, right? Because everyone had to do a COVID test and because they had the resources or the access to be able to get the capital to establish a lab or create the distribution around helping people with tests, they made a killing, 
right? Mm -hmm. They were able to go out, establish these shops, provide the test, do the lab, and they made a lot of money. As an example, one of many, I'm sure people can give you, could call in and tell us so many different examples of opportunities they found, but you had to be ready for those opportunities. Mm -hmm. In our case, the writing had been on the wall for a long time. We've been telling people, you need to prepare in case things like this happen. And um, when COVID happened, and people realize, wow, what Tricia has been telling me, what Emek has been telling me, what our members have been saying is so true. We're seeing that man, I'm no, I'm, I'm as much as I think I'm an asset of my job, I could lose my job. As much as I think that um, I'm in invincible to market crashes, man, I could lose value in my accounts. As much as I think I will live forever, wow, I'm seeing record mortality and it's, not, it's getting closer and closer to home. People I love and I care about are passing away. Maybe it's important to start planning for these different aspects of life. So we were getting those calls. When you reach out, when we were reaching out to people during COVID, it wasn't even a question. There was no, uh, it's, it's, what can we do and how quickly can we start doing things? So for us in our industry and in our company, we were big winners as well, servicing the needs of the community, bringing to light those solutions and helping them uh, fill the gaps because everybody was afraid. They were concerned. We didn't know how long this was going to last. And, you know, so we were there to act as a, as a resource, as a, as a form of reinforcement you know, for what they think about at night, what keeps them up at night, addressing them and, and providing solutions for them. So those are those are two angles, you know, in my mind, people who were able to get ahead. And that's fundamentally what happens when you're in a good place financially. You can take, you know, a judicious approach, a prudent approach to appraising opportunities and taking advantage of them. Yeah. Right? Awesome. So, um, yeah, I, but I want to kind of piggyback on that a little bit before we, we, we transition to Tracy. Um, some people will see opportunity and we are in a capitalist economy, right? And greed is a big deal. Oh, yeah. So people over leverage themselves. Oh, yes. Whenever they figured an opportunity is coming and they're like, ooh, money. Mm -hmm. And they borrow more than they can sustain mm -hmm. and they turn upside down. That's true. right. Um, how do we combat that, Tricia? Um, I think I want to go with you on this one. How do we combat greed whenever it's like it's there, but you don't want to over leverage, but you want to take as much as possible of the opportunity? Um, I'm going to go back to education. Okay. Yep. Absolutely. So if you're educated about certain things, we know that, we know that, um, something like COVID was coming. We know that um, we had the recession. We know that we had all of these different stuff in the past. We know that um, taxes were, was very high in the past and it can, you know, in the future we can see taxes going back up also. Mm -hmm. I think taxes was like about 90% or Oh, absolutely, if you look in the book, yes. In, um, yeah. in the past. Mm -hmm. So certain stuff like that, we are educated about it, okay? Mm. They don't have a lot of people that are educated about it. And like you said, greed. They don't know. They see the opportunity and they just want to jump into it. It's just like credit cards. 
we got credit card, they offered us $100,000. We know that, hey. Zero spent, interest, exactly, 18 months. Exactly, 18 months. Oh, I can take this and I can do this and I can do that. But is it really going to work out for you? Do you know that when you take this money and you use this money, is it going to be that, like Emeka said um, before, that, okay, the 0% for 18 months, like you said, do you know that when you take that money and you invest in something else, can you be able to pay that money back within that 18 months, right? Mm -hmm. Is it a definite thing, you know? There is a possibility that you wouldn't be able to do that, right? I don't want to get into products, but this is a product that I love, right? So I'm going to talk about it. Absolutely. It's something called an IUL, an Index Universal Life, right? In an event of um, me losing money, if I decide I, I find an opportunity, it's like, hey, I have somebody's offering um, to do some kind of investment with me, right? And I decided that I need 100K, right? Instead of me going to a, a loan company and asking for that 100K, right? Because I have a financial foundation and I am educated, I can go to my life insurance product, my index universal life product, with my cash value of over $100,000. And I can take that money out, right? Invest in this opportunity, reap the benefit from that opportunity if, if it do work out for me, right? Pay back that if I need to. But if it don't work out for me, I don't have to pay that back. Because like I said, it's all around education, right? And uh, um, the financial foundation that we build with our company or with the products that we provide, right? If I do the same thing with a loan that I go out and I get from a bank or, where, or wherever I get it, mm -hmm. to invest in this um, opportunity, and that opportunity fall true, I am still liable to pay that money back, right? But if I wasn't educated, and if I did not build a solid financial foundation, I would not know that, hey, I can take it from this product and still be responsible enough to manage if I do or I don't. Yeah. Right. So that product, is it like a whole life insurance? Yes, it is a sort of whole life insurance. Okay. Yes. So I, the reason why I asked that, I, I wanted to get the difference between a term and a whole life okay. insurance mm -hmm. and in which case one may be better and in which case one may be better.